What is up? What is up? It is your boy David, and I'm back with another episode of the Top Bunk Sports Podcast. And man, it feels good to be back. Um, I know for those who have or haven't been, those who have been listening, I'm sorry. Um, for those that care, uh, you're probably getting a little bit tight with me because I haven't been, uh, you know, posting. Um, and you know. I've 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 been on record and apologizing every time I freaking upload. Um and you know, I'm just tired of apologizing. I'm just going to go straight forward with my post, not even explain why I've been on a hiatus. I'm, I'm just I'm just done talking about it. Um but uh yeah, that's one of my goals for 2022. Um that's to be more consistent with the post, uh be more consistent with you know the episodes put more episodes up i've been doing better much better with the instagram post um you know it's all about consistency when you have consistency everything goes well um but speaking of 2022 happy new year's to everybody out there i hope everybody had a safe and enjoyable new year um you know let's all try to stay safe out there obviously we still got the situation with uh covid um you know let's not forget about that that we all got to stay you know healthy and safe and just try to be you know as open as possible and as alert as possible because you know you don't want to get nobody sick out here if you're sick um but let's just try let let's 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 do our part to try to you know get back to normal as much as we, as we can um but you know we got a couple things to talk about um and the first thing that i want to talk about is regarding my knicks obviously um they they've been in the headlines since yesterday, um, I mean, beginning with the crazy game against the Boston Celtics, obviously that's, should I say, our third game um, against them. That I know, I know we were, we should be two and one against them. I know the first game of the season we played against them, and that that game was wild. Um, and then I know we went to Boston and we lost to to them in Boston. Um, and then they come back to the garden and, uh, we were down 25 and we came back and beat them 108, 105. Um, before I even mention the craziness that happened in the fourth quarter, um, I want to give a shout out to Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier, uh, from what I understand had 41 points against the Celtics. He had 32 last time, um, and I don't know. It's just funny to me because whenever he, whenever he goes, like whenever he goes against Boston, he goes off. But then when it's against another team, he's very quiet. Um, and you know, it was just funny to see that because all I know is that, you know, I'm at work, and you know, I'm not supposed to really be on my phone at work, but I, I tend to take it out from time to time. Uh, just like to check up on my sports or whatever, and you know, I I know I was gonna, I know I was missing this game because of work, unfortunately. Um, but at one point when I checked it, we were down. I think it was sixty-three to forty-seven at the half. So I was like, oh man, um, this this isn't going really well for us. Um, this game is either looking like we're gonna make a good comeback, but then we're gonna lose at the very end. We're gonna make a surprise comeback and win, or we're just getting blown out from here. Um, 
so after that, I didn't really check my phone after that. It wasn't until I got picked up from work. I got I got out at 10 o'clock, and I got picked up from work, and I checked the score, and it's 104 to 101 in the fourth quarter with 18 seconds left, and we're leading. I was like, what the hell? This game must have been nuts. I'm like, wow. We literally just came back. It looked like Boston was either gonna, you know, ride from the lead that they had at halftime, and we were just, and we were gonna lose, or we, you know, or we, or we were gonna make a comeback, and we did. So then I go, I go, you know, I look at the the stats, and I see that Evan Fournier had forty one points. That's ridiculous. He played forty one minutes. He had eight rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block. Um, and it's just crazy how, you know, I guess the Celtics, he's just very, he just goes off. Um, but you know, I'm glad that we were able to get the W. I'm glad we were able to, to overcome that. Cause that was a game we had to win. I mean, you talk about the struggles that we've had as a team defensively. Um, the chemistry is another thing that we struggled on, um, you know, there was a lot of things that, that we had we needed to work on. So when we went on that stretch where we were just losing back to back games and we were like what, I think like seventeen thirteen and seventeen, you know, we didn't know what I for sure didn't know what was you know, what this team was gonna do as far as like turning it around. Um our defense you know, compared to last year, our defense is horrible. I mean, I think we I think we led the league in defensive numbers last year. Um, and, you know, I know there's everybody else that says, oh, yeah, but you guys only played 72 games. Da, 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 da. To me, that doesn't mean shit. Um, the reason that doesn't mean shit to me is because, yeah, you know, we played 82 games and last year it was only 72 games. But you're still playing the same with the same intensity. You're still playing against the same players. The only difference, I, obviously, I get it. Having no fans there makes a complete difference. I get it. You know, there are a lot of Knicks fans out there that go at Julius Randle that say that the only reason Julius Randle had the season that he had last year is because there was no fans. I could see why that's being said, but then again, I'm not going to be on, uh, agree with that because I am one of the. I'm not a Randle stan like some of these people are. There, there, are, there are Knicks fans that are completely like, like they kiss Randle's ass. I'm not that, but I am one of those people that, you know what, there's a reason why, you know, we got to where we got to last year. I'm not, I'm like I said, I'm not one of those people that was like, oh, you know, it, it was a bullshit season. We only played 72 games. There's barely fans in the stands. Like, it's, it, that doesn't count for me. No, it counts for me. Why? Because like I said, the, the same, just because there was no fans doesn't mean that these players weren't playing with the same intensity. Everything was the same. The only difference was there was no fans. We still could have been 10th in the league. We still could have been 11th in the league with the players that we had last year. We weren't. We we were 4th. And on top of that, like I said, when until we signed them because I know listen, I'm 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 going to be the first one to say it. I was not happy when we when we signed them. We had two max slots and we knew who we wanted. It was Kyrie Irving and it was Kevin Durant. We didn't get none of those two. They came to New York. They didn't come to the right team. They came to the one across. Um, 
you know, we ended up signing Julius Randle. I know there was a lot of, you know, pressure on him because that wasn't the guy we wanted. Um, And, you know, he was getting, he, not, not that he was getting clowned. It was mostly like, yo, like, who is this dude? Like, this, this is who we signed for, our, you know, our, for, you know, as the top guy. We have two max slots, and this is who we get. Um, so there was a lot of pressure, I guess, you know, for him, you know, proving proving the, the doubters wrong. Um, and yeah, I mean, it it it, it all just it, it it just goes, you know, it just goes to show that 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 it's not it's not easy to 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 come in the league and 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 do what these players do. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that go at Evan Fournier. They, Kid has no skill. Kid has this. He doesn't have this. He, you know, all he does is shoot, but he's not consistent. At the end of the day, the kid has ta- the guy has talent because he's in the league. That's what these people have to understand. It's not easy to be in the league because if it was easy to be in the league, these people that are playing regular basketball and at 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 the park that that wish they could make it to the league, they could make it if it was that easy. I could make it if it was that easy. It's not easy. There, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, intensity. There's a lot of training. There's a lot of like you know, days and and hard works and workouts that you have to that you have to go through to 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 make it. There's a lot of people that go through so much, so much you know, so much stuff. You know, they go, they 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 prepare their body, you know, in in hopes of, you know, in hopes of 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 putting themselves in the right position to 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 make it to the league and they they don't even make it they don't even get noticed you know what i mean so it it is not easy to make it to the league everybody that is in the league is talented at the end of the day cuz like i said it's not easy there are people that are still playing in the G League that are like in their you know late 30s you know that just want they're just want one that are waiting for that call to get called up just the fact that they made it to the G League you know what I mean? Like it's 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 not easy, man. It really is not easy. Um, but with that being said, my guy went off, forty-one points. Um, like I said, he to me it seems like he's a Celtic killer. Uh, and you know I I hope that that this is a spark for him to start getting hot. You know against the the next teams that we got to play in January. January. We we got to finish with a winning record for that month, um, especially trying to change that home record to a winning record. Because if I'm not mistaken, I think we're nine and eleven, or we yeah nine and eleven. We were seven and eleven before we played the the Pacers and we beat them. Um, and then we play the Celtics and we win again at home, so we should be nine and eleven. Um, we we got to change that. Um, we play the we play Boston again tomorrow on Saturday, in Boston. So let's hope that uh, Evan Fournier keeps that you know that fire going against them, so that way we can beat them again. Um, it's gonna be intense, I know it is, because they you know this is kind of like a revenge for Boston. This is you know they 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 collapsed in the second half, and you know I'm sure they want to you know rewrite the wrong. Uh, so we just gotta bring our A game. Um, but you know, with that being said, moving on to Julius Randle, who played uh, 30 minutes, had 22 points, eight 
rebounds, two assists, two steals. Um, you know, didn't play his best, but uh, he was in the he was in the limelight for something else, and uh, I think it was after he, I I forgot what quarter it was, but I think he made a layup or he made a shot, and um. For all my baseball fans, if you guys don't remember, during during the MLB season of of twenty of twenty twenty one, Francisco Lindor and this uh yeah Francisco Lindor and Javier Baez um were in the media for their thumbs down uh gesture directed to the fans when they're when they were being booed, um and that was kind of the same thing that Julius Randle did to the Knicks fans, uh when he. When he did that, I believe in the third quarter, and um, you know, of course that was gonna get that was gonna get uh, some attention, a hundred percent. I mean, before I give my opinion on it, I'm going to read you guys uh, his statement, and he pretty much said this. He said, "Just want to send a quick message to our fans and be clear. I love NYC and being a part of this team and this franchise." And like most Knicks fans, I am really passionate about us being successful. My family and I love how the fans and New Yorkers have embraced and accepted us and have made us feel great about our decision to commit long-term with the team this past summer. This support means the world to us. I understand that my actions also represent the league, this organization, and the city, and that I should have handled things last night differently and expressed myself with more professionalism and more appropriate language in the heat of the moment. My comment was an an example of how sometimes you say things you regret to people you love, even if it came from a place of, of, of passion and deep love. Nobody wants to win more than me, and I will continue to show loyalty and dedication to my teammates, the entire Knicks organization, and the fans who have shown me and my family so much love. I am going to keep focusing on the future. Thank you. Go Knicks. Now, yesterday, when um, when there when the reason came out that he did the the the, the, the thumbs down gesture. I was pretty upset. And I was upset at him because, you know, not because I'm just like, dude, come on. When when this all when this all came out, it took me straight, you know, straight back to the whole situation with the Mets. And the the situation that that when that happened with the with the with the Mets, the way I treated that with Francisco Lindor, not Javier Baez, because you know Javier Baez has you know he he he's known to be routed up he's known to be in in certain situations where there will be confrontations with different players not Francisco Lindor Francisco Lindor is very very respected in the league the dude is very humble you never hear his name being in a bad situation you never hear him have confrontation with other players nothing like that so you know I was a huge advocate of the Mets signing Francisco Lindor. I even bought his jersey the day we signed him. When I went to the city with my mom and we went to the MOB store, I got the jersey and everything. Um, so I was a very huge advocate of Francisco Lindor coming to the Mets. Um, and yeah. So when that happened, I I pretty much, you know, I understood why the fans weren't uh, happy. Because you know you sign a guy for 
341 mil for 10 years and he's your franchise player um and you know he he's not playing he's not playing well in the season i didn't really go at him because of the fact that i understood that it in you know it's not easy um just because you're getting paid 341 for 10 years does not mean that it comes easy you know us as fans we expect it to be easy because we're literally just sitting there um and we're you know we're sitting there and we're and we're like you know he's a professional so he should be able to be batting 300 right now everybody goes through their slump everybody goes through their slump everybody goes through through their through their their um through their moments where they're struggling and that happens with everybody um so I didn't really go ham on Francisco Lindor um and like I said I should have given that same treatment to Julius Randle unfortunately I didn't and because of that I had my best friend um who you guys will see I'm going to do an interview with cuz he um he's in the college level and you know that, that's my best friend and you know he knows all about the game of basketball his name is Andre um but he kind of gave me a reality check even though some of the things that he said I already knew so it wasn't like oh wow no you know what you're right about this you're right about I I kind of knew but you know he is right especially from somebody that is playing at the college level it's his first year he's kind of getting a glimpse of what it takes you know how what you got to do to become great at that level and what you got to do to become even greater to make it to the league and that's his dream so you know he kind of gave me a reality check in the sense of it's not easy just because they're professionals and just because they're at that level does not mean that it's easy. Yes, they got to the level and yes, they are grateful for being at the level, but it's still not easy. It's not easy for guys to be putting 35 points every night or 25 or 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 you know, it's not easy for them. And yes, he is struggling and he's doing so much that he can do, especially because he is a franchise, he is the franchise player. So everybody, you know, so he is the leader. Everybody looks to him. He takes the most criticism and you know i had to kind of understand that because when i when that first came out about why he did that gesture i kind of posted on my instagram story that dude you got to play better you know and i you know everybody's going to be like wow the contradiction is real cuz you know i i did buy his jersey you know and i've been on record saying that i gave him a chance when nobody else gave him a chance and everybody was giving him shit yes i was like who is this dude and and you know like not who is this dude i know who he was but um i know who he was but i i wasn't expecting us to sign him you know what i mean but there was nothing we could do i gave him a chance You know, I was I wasn't like, oh, I'm not going to watch no more fucking Knicks games cuz they want to sign somebody like Julius. No, I give him a chance. And, you know, after his second season, we made the playoffs. Obviously, we didn't get the result we wanted, but we made the playoffs, you know, and now this season we got to continue to, you know, you know, bounce off his leadership's, you know, his leadership skills and kind of get to that same position again, make the playoffs again. um which i do believe we will we will even if it's the playing tournament which obviously is not going to make me as happy because i feel like we can we can at least be in the 7th or 6th and be out of that playoff that playing tournament um but if we do end up making the playoffs within the playing tournament and we can you know go ahead 
I'll, I'll be happy with that too. Um, but it's going back to what I said. You know, he the, my frustration was is you know he's not playing well. Um, you know, and us as fans, even though like I said, we don't know the hard work that it takes. We just you know we just sit there and we expect because he's at a professional level that he should be doing more than what he's doing. Yes, that is that is true, but at the same time, every, like I said before, everybody struggles, everybody goes through their ups and downs, and that's exactly what he's going through. At the end of the day, that's the, that does not change the fact that he wants to help us win. He ha- he knows he's in a position to help us, you know, not even that he's in a position to help us win. He's in a position to show, listen, you know, they they put the they put the 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 ball in my hands. You know, and and I want to be the guy. They gave me that chance back in 2019, so I want to be the guy that brings us to the playoffs. I want to be the guy that brings some relevancy and some legitimacy and some legitimacy back into the Knicks. And that's kind of what he did because for for a moment there before we signed him, we were struggling. I mean, nobody even nobody cared. At some point, it was like, man, when when are the Knicks ever gonna be good again? And he kind of brought that back a little bit, you know. Um, the front office kind of uh, brought it back a little bit, you know. Thank God for drafting guys like RJ. Thank God for drafting guys like 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 Emmanuel quickly. Thank guys for draft. Thank God for drafting guys like Obi Toppin. You know, thank God for guys like Derrick Rose, who we picked up off a trade from Detroit. Um, you know, like, thank God that these moves were put in for us to 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 kind of be at a at a at a good spot. Um, so, you know, going back to what I said, there's a lot that he has on his shoulder, and there's a lot of things that he has on his back, and I totally get it. You know, um, and after speaking with my boy. After he kind of swiped up and gave me a reality check about what I posted, you know, I had to understand that a little bit. I had to understand that he goes through a lot because he is the franchise player. You know, everybody's going to put if, if we do bad, everybody's going to look at him. If we do good, everybody's going to praise him as well. So, you know, we just we we got to look at it. You know, for any of the Knicks fans that that isn't looking at it from that standpoint, you got to look at it from that standpoint. Um. I will be honest. I will be honest with you, though. Um, I do not think that Julius Randle. How do I say it? Um, I I do not think that Julius Randle gets the credit. Uh, um, as far as like what he did last season. Um, yes, he's struggling now, but I don't think Nick fans actually give him the credit. As far as that, I think because they look at it and they be like, "Oh, we only played seventy-two games, um, and there was no fans." So because there was no fans in the stands, there was no pressure. You know, I get that, but at the end of the day, you guys would be shitting on him even more if we didn't make the playoffs. You know what I mean? It's never, it's never. And like I said, I'm not a Randall stand. I'm not a Randall ass kisser like a lot of these guys are because there are a lot of. If you follow, make the Knicks great again. Um, I, lo- I love the dude. He's very upfront. He's he's a Knicks fan. He's a very loyal Knicks fan, but he's very upfront when it comes to the Knicks, and he's very real when it comes to you know the team as a whole and the front and the front office. Um, they they give him a lot of shit.
because he was one of those people that kind of said um, last year where Julius Randle should have been traded for Carl Anthony Towns, which I would have been happy with because I'm a huge Carl Anthony Towns fan. Um, for those for those people that follow my regular Instagram um, and see me post some Carl Anthony Towns uh, highlights, they know. Um, but when we made the playoffs, even though we, you know, even though he was struggling in the playoffs, um, I still get, I still gave him his credit because, again, we weren't really doing anything uh, before Julius Randle came in. From 2014 all the way to 2018, we we weren't doing anything. And I know from 2014 all the way to 2018 or 2017. We had Carmelo Anthony, um, and Car- Car- when it comes to Carmelo Anthony, he doesn't count because he had no help. They pretty much fucked up the team for Melo. Melo had no help, but as you know, but I don't shit on Melo because Melo could have just asked for a trade at any point in time. He didn't want to. He wanted to stay here and make us relevant again and get us to the playoffs again, like he did in 2012 and 2013. Um, so I completely come, you know, commend Carmelo Anthony for everything he's done. He's still one of my favorite players to this day. Um, but you know, overall, I, I I sincerely want to apologize to Julius Randle for that. Um, you know, this with the way I treated the situation with with the Mets and Francisco Lindor and Javier Baez with the whole um, thumbs down gesture, I should have treated it with uh, Julius Randle. You know, I was just upset because, like I said, you know, you are struggling. And, you know, us as fans, we, you know, we want to see you do better. Um, even though I did say use that as motivation, it's, like I said, it's not easy because at the end of the day, the guy does go out there. And even though he is struggling, the guy goes out there and puts his heart out on the court and does so much he can to be a leader of this team like he is. Um so to get that kind of response, I kind of understand why he was like, yo, like, fuck you and like, shut the fuck up. Um, but at that moment, I was just like, you know, that's better. That's better. Uh, you're better than that. You know what I mean? Like you like you should have not said nothing and kind of use that as motivation to be like, all right, y'all want to boo me? I'm going to I'm, I'm, I'm show you that, I, that I'm better than this. But with my boy coming in and kind of, you know, telling me how I was wrong, I understood it. And like I said, I should have treated the situation better. I'm, I'm to this day. I'm still giving Randall a chance, while everybody else is kind of like you know leaning off of him or kind of not giving him a chance. I'm giving him a chance. Um, I like I said, I even bought his jersey. Um, and I'm, and you know, I just wanna. I believe he could get us to the playoffs again. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I, I appreciate the statement that he made. I think you know, Knicks fans love him. Obviously, there are some Knicks fans that, you know, want him to be traded because they don't think that he can be a franchise leader and, lead, you know, and and uh, get us to the playoffs and win a, and win a championship for us. But I think a lot of Knicks fans love him. I think, you know, um, I think that, you know, they're giving him a chance. Um, I love, I, I love his, you know, his attitude. You know what I mean? Like, everything about him, you could just see that he... he, he He's respected around the league, um, but I love the statement. I think everybody, everybody's cool with the statement. I think it was it was well said, well put out, um, and I just want to apologize to him because after you know what my boy had told me, uh, you know I, I I do apologize for that, 
and again I'm still gonna continue and believe in Randall and still support him. Um so I'm 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 happy with the way we could uh with the way we kinda bounce it back a little bit and let's just keep winning man. Um let's put that little situation behind I know the media kinda switches everything around. He you know and makes it even worse. But let's kind of, you know, let's put let's put that little bullshit behind us. Let's just keep winning, man. Um, but moving on, we have more basketball to talk, and I kind of wanted to talk about this whole situation with uh, Kevin Porter Jr. and um and what the commentator had said, the Washington Wizards commentator. Um, I'm gonna read you this article about what the commentator said and I feel very uncomfortable repeating it but for some of you that don't know I'm going to you know just read the article and then kind of give my opinion on it um because this 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 kind of had me uh this kind of had me boiled up a little bit the fact that somebody would say this so I'm going to read this article uh this uh website is called the uh, SI uh extra mustard I've never heard of this website before. Um but I'm going to but it's a very good article. I'm going to read it to you guys and then uh yeah. From there on, I'm uh, I'm going to explain my uh my opinion on it. So what it says here it says um LeBron James says he was watching Wednesday's night uh Wednesday night's Rockets win over the Wizards when Kevin Porter Jr. hit the game hit a game winner. Shot, a game-winning shot for Houston, leading to a very unfortunate uh, gaffe by Washington broadcaster Glenn uh, Con Consor. Can't even say his name right. My my bad. Um, then it says after Porter Jr. shot, Consor said that the guard, like his dad, pulled the trigger at the right time. Concert later apologized and explained he believed Porter Jr. was the son of former Washington Bullets guard Kevin Porter. His actual father, Brian Kevin Porter Sr., spent years in prison after pleading to to first-degree manslaughter and in 2004 was killed in in a shooting at a Seattle bar. After after sending a, a... Scathing tweet about Contour's mistake in which he appeared to call for the broadcasting job. LeBron uh, James again ad- addressed the situation during a Lakers press conference Thursday. He he said, and I quote, "Oh my bad, guys. Hold on, the article kind of okay." He said, and I quote, "Hold on, let me just make sure." Okay, all right, all right. yeah. He said, and I quote, I stand by my tweet and I stand by everything I said. James told the media after pointing out Porter Jr. was born in 2000 when Kevin Porter was already 50 years old. Then he said, I'm not a play-by-play analyst and I believe that they they do their due diligence as well as when they get their reports, James continued. If that's the case and if I'm a play-by-play announcer, announcer and I'm covering a team my local team in his case he's covering the Wizards so he remembers the Kevin Porter who used to play for the Bullets correct the first thing I would have done I would have said Kevin Porter Jr. is coming into the town in into town let's see if his son let's see if that's his son I would have 
did that due diligence way before and I would have and I would think everyone on this call would have done the same thing so yeah I'm just I'm, I, I'm, I was just gonna read that part and then I'm gonna give my op opinion on it so I totally agree with LeBron as far as that situation um you know he brought up another example of like Isaiah of both Isaiah Thomas right when 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 Isaiah Thomas came out of I think Washington State Isaiah Thomas now the new the, you know the current Isaiah Thomas not the Isaiah Thomas that played for the Detroit Pistons when um he came out when he came out of Washington State I think it, I think it was um LeBron said that he did the due diligence of kind of uh, checking if the current Isaiah Thomas, if his father was the legendary Isaiah Thomas, that the guard that played for the Detroit Pistons, which it wasn't. Um, there was a bet with the current Isaiah Thomas's father. He lost a bet and. He had to he had to name his son Isaiah Thomas. So LeBron's point is it's all about doing research. It's all about doing, you know, your your coverage on your side to see, oh shoot, there's this young kid that's coming into town named Kevin Porter Jr. Is that the son of Kevin Porter Jr. Senior, the one that used to play for the Washington Bullets? It's all about doing your research. And if you do your research and if you look in to what Kevin Porter Jr. had to deal with as a young, you know, as a young kid having to lose his father at four years old, you can under, you know, if you notice that, you would have not made that comment because you would understand, you know, this kid's been through a lot. I mean, and he's already going through a lot, being 21 years old. You know, having to deal with the fact that there's an image on him already because he got suspended for something else, and then now you got to deal with this. Like that, that's that's a lot of a lot of people probably don't understand, but that's a lot of pressure. Um, that's no fun at all. That is literally no fun at all. I'm I'm gonna be very honest with you, uh, and I'm not gonna sit here and act like I know how that feels because I don't. But I understand that when you have when you're in a generation now where it's all about social media and social media and social media and everything comes in, you know, that's all you look at. That is all you look at and that's all you hear. So to deal with that, I'm sure that's not nothing fun. Um, but yes, I agree. It's all about research, man. It's all about research. You got to do your research on somebody. You, especially if you don't know him like that, if he's a young kid, I'm sure that if LeBron was in that situation and he had lost his mother when he was three or four years old and, you know, he was one of the young kids coming up, I'm sure I'm sure they would have done their research on LeBron because, again, you there's so much research you could do on the guy because there's so much stuff that you got to talk about since he's an up-and-coming player, he's one of the top players on the team, and he's a young kid that's coming into the league that that came into the league already. It's his first year or second year or whatever. So there's so much work. There's so much work that you gotta do. There's so much work that you gotta do. Um. But yeah, man, it's it's I I I feel bad for the kid. I really do. Um. 
it's uh it's not it's not fun like i said i'm not gonna sit here and and and, and act like i know how that feels but you know no nobody wants to have your name being thrown around for something else you know if you're playing in a sport you want your name to be only synonymous with the game that you play the work that you put in in that game so you know the fact that he has to go through that and he has to be and he has to sit through that is no fun um but you know he's he'll, it seems to me like he he's going to have a bright future in the league this could be something that could be put away easily i don't, I don't think it's going to be something that that people are still going to talk about uh for the years to come i think uh it's going to be something that people are really going to talk about he's going to have an amazing career you know god willingly and he could put that all behind him at the end of the day um but yeah, that's something that I wanted to talk about. I think it was very, it was very touching. Um, as far as that, yeah, man. Um, I can't wait for uh, to see what happens as far as what the Knicks do. Um, as far as to see if they can make any moves in the trade deadline. Um, Maybe they might move Julius Randle. I mean, let's see how his trade value goes. Maybe they might not. Maybe they might try to move R.J. Barrett, which I would hate because I'm a huge R.J. fan. I'm a huge OB fan, so I don't want to see those guys being touched. The same thing with Emmanuel, Emmanuel Quickly. I love Emmanuel Quickly. Um, but let's see what the Knicks do within the trade deadline. Um but as far as everything else with uh, the top bunk sports, um, my first, my very first interview, sports interview, will will happen, uh, will happen probably next week. It's nobody crazy. I'm try- I still have a couple interviews lined up for the future, but the first one is gonna be somebody regular uh, in the family. Um, I can't wait. Um, and me, me and this guy, I'm not going to say his name yet, um, cause I don't want to give too much. Uh, me and this guy love to go back and forth, you know, whether it's about sports, music, or, or just regular things. Me and him could agree to disagree. Um, and I think for my, my people that are, that, that listen to my stuff, I think you guys are going to be very, uh, interested in these conversations. I think you got. I think for the new people that might, you know, tune into me after that interview, are going to be very interested into see, you know, very intrigued into these type of interviews. Like I said, I'm trying to have. I'm trying to start 2022 with a bang, and uh, you know, these live interviews are going to be part of, you know, part of trying to expand on my on on my thing. I'm trying to make this. I'm trying to make this a global a global. Uh, Sports, uh, you know, sports, uh, uh, how do I, uh, oh my god, I just lost the train of thought. Um, sports company, I guess, if you could say it like that. Um, but it's all, it's all about consistency, like I said, and that's my main goal for 2022 consistency at the end of the day. But with that being said, guys, um, I love you guys. Thank you for the support at the end of the day. Like I said, keep tuning in. 
another episode next Friday. And let's get it. Happy New Year's, like I said, again to everybody else. And let's stay safe out there. Peace.